0: Well, you've been hearing that uh, today we're celebrating uh, community life here at Black Rock and all the opportunities. And now it is uh, our honor uh, to commission through prayer the new community group leaders. So would you please join me now in prayer? God, we thank you for these new community group leaders that you have raised up to make room for more and more of us to experience the care and friendship uh, that is part of a community group. And Lord, we know that these community group leaders are so important that their role is so much more than uh, just being a discussion facilitator, but they are true shepherds Uh, who care uh, for each soul in their groups. And so, Lord, we pray now that you would just fill them again with your spirit and empower them uh, to not only equip uh, each member of their group to uh, grow spiritually, but also mobilize them to love each other and then link arms to uh, love this hurting world. So, Lord, we Thank you for these new group leaders. We thank you for our returning group leaders and just pray your filling and empowering upon them and blessing in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Uh, we uh, uh, are going to make an assumption here at the beginning, and the assumption I'm going to make is that you are a Christ follower, and the assumption is that Black Rock is your church. And uh, today, we're going to present to you, uh, continuing uh, five or six uh, different options for you to engage in community here at Black Rock. Uh, one option is to uh, experience community here uh, on Sunday morning, Uh through a uh, uh, seminar like uh, Starting Point or during the week through uh, life stage groups like Seniors of the Rock, Moms of the Rock, Dads of the Rock, uh, or during the week, Living Free. And then, of course, there's the uh, option that applies to everyone, and that is a community group. We strongly encourage you to join one of our small groups, uh, which meet mostly in homes during the week, and uh, become the place where I can share my life, my joys, my struggles, uh, laugh, have a great time, uh, but also journey with others in my walk with Jesus. And at this point, I could go on telling you how fantastic My community group is about how having friends like this multiplies joy in my life by having some people I can count on who care for my soul uh, and care about my walk in Christ and then how I uh, have the opportunity to do the same thing in their lives, how this enriches my life and how I am sure it will enrich yours. I could do that. But me wanting you to be in community is not the point. Uh, If you are a Christ follower, what matters is that Jesus wants you to be in community. Bottom line, if you say you follow Jesus, then you need to follow his example. And following Jesus means following his example of making community a top priority in life. And I know this sounds maybe a little extreme, but think about it. Jesus changed the world through his community group. The gospels are the record of the most impactful person who ever walked on this planet. And the gospels, after recording uh, the birth narrative of uh, Jesus, then the first thing they talk about in terms of how Jesus saved the world, changed the world, wait for it, he formed a community group. He formed a community group of, with people with names like Peter and Andrew and James and John and Thomas and Matthew. Matthew never forgot the day when Jesus called him into his community group uh, as he records in his gospel. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed Jesus. Now, because Jesus was about to change the world through his community group, Uh, certainly he chose perfect guys, right? Guys who were top shelf, who were uh, totally in sync with his uh, vision and mission, wrong. One of the fun things about the Gospels is to read how in them the gospels are the disciples remembering how useless they were to Jesus. How It's hilarious how these disciples are always doing the exact opposite thing that Jesus would want them to do. Uh, the disciples kept the little kids uh, from Jesus, thinking that that was a great thing to do. When Jesus wanted to be with them more than anybody, uh, the disciples go through an unfriendly town And after they exit the town, they ask Jesus if they can send down some hellfire to scorch the town people. (laughs) Jesus says uh no and then uh another event they scold somebody who's casting out demons in jesus name but because he's not part of their community group they shut him down and then they say jesus we did good didn't we and jesus says no and then uh, they uh are in a boat and jesus says it's time to go to sleep and then they wake up jesus in the boat because they're afraid they're going to drown uh then jesus says it's time to to stay awake and pray in the garden and they all fall asleep uh, the disciples promise that uh, they're going to be with Jesus in uh, thick and thin the greatest trial that Jesus would ever go through then it actually happens and they run away, Uh, Peter cut off a guy's ear, Jesus had to put it back on again, Uh, Thomas doubted Jesus, Judas betrayed Jesus, they all deserted Jesus, the list goes on and on. Jesus was perfect, but his community group was far from it. The gospel writers go out of their way to show how they were a bunch of losers just like the people in my community group. (laughs) (laughs) And just like me. Uh, We're all imperfect, dysfunctional people, which I emphasize just because I don't want anybody uh, thinking that there's some false advertising going out here today about community groups being all sunshine and rainbows and easy. Nobody should think that a community group is always easy. Uh, nobody should think that, uh, that it's always perfect in a community group because every community group is imperfect because it's full of imperfect people. So why bother? <laughs> why bother joining a community group? Why did Jesus bother? Why did Jesus bother forming a group of imperfect people like Peter, James, and John when he did not need them? He did not need them, at least on one level, Jesus didn't need Peter, James, and John to change the world, Uh, but on another level, Jesus did need Peter, James, and John in the sense that Jesus is love, and Jesus' mission was and is love. And there's a simple truth about love. The simple truth is that in order to show love, you need someone to receive it. It's a simple truth, but it's also as profound as God himself. Because people sometimes ask, uh, how can it be true that God is love when he's also the creator of all things? Which means that uh, there was a time in the eternity past when God was all by himself. He hadn't created anyone or anything, So how could God be love when he was all by himself? Well, Jesus answered this mystery with an even deeper mystery. That God could be love all by himself because from eternity past, there was always community in the Godhead. That from eternity, there was this love relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus refers to this profound truth when he prayed this. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. So by nature, God is love because God is community, which explains why when God came to earth, he didn't come as a loner. Can you imagine what it would say about God if when God came to earth, Jesus was a loner? Uh, Maybe you've seen uh, the more recent uh, Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. Uh, It features Luke Skywalker in his uh, final years when he is an old, gray-bearded, robed figure living on a deserted island. He is this old galactic savior who wants to just be left alone. He's old and cranky. He's old and isolated. He's old, he's so old that he has a, a Skywalker. Yeah, and. uh... (laughs) Now, can you imagine what it would be like if God came like this? Meaning if God came uh, as Jesus, as a hermit on an island. Uh, If Jesus came skulking around by himself, Jesus came trying to avoid people, not getting involved in their problems, which, by the way, This is exactly what people thought about God before Jesus came. That he was aloof and disengaged. And this is exactly how people still think of God today. Despite the fact that God came in the person of Jesus to prove otherwise. God came to earth in Jesus. And Jesus was not a loner. In fact, he didn't retreat to an island. The first thing he did was to form a community group of friends he could love and hang out with. Why did Jesus do this? He did it because Jesus is God in the flesh and Jesus is God. God is community. God thrives on community and I am created in God's image. You are created in God's image, which explains why you will never fully achieve who you are meant to be and created to be unless you thrive in community, which explains why you and your world changes for the better when you share your life with a group of Christ followers in community. That's what happened to Peter, James, and John, right? They got in Jesus' community group and they became the focus of Jesus' love on an individual basis, not sappy, sentimental love, but love that actually uh, could get confrontational at times, be corrective at times, but love that was always life-giving, life-changing in its unconditionality, love that they felt when uh, Jesus knelt down and served them by washing their feet. Uh, love they experienced when they saw Jesus sacrificially give himself on the cross for them so that they could have a, a restored relationship with God so that uh, they, they could experience this love and receive it. But not only just receive this love, but they were empowered to love each other when Jesus breathed on them his Holy Spirit. They were empowered to love like Jesus, empowered to love each other like Jesus, and then empowered to become changed people who changed the world by living and giving this unselfish, unstoppable love of Jesus to everyone they met. This is how Jesus changed the world. Jesus formed a community group who were transformed by Jesus' love for them and then who were empowered to extend Jesus' love to each other and then became world changers by spreading this Jesus' love and the message of the cross to everyone they met. This is the strategy. Jesus summarizes this world-changing strategy when he says in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so now you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And you may be saying, I get it. When Jesus is in a community group, uh, people are changed by his love and they're empowered to then go change the world. So if Jesus ever gets in another community group, I'll sacrifice and I'll join that group. Well, guess what? Jesus still attends community groups. That's right, Jesus promised that just like he was in the center of this group with uh, guys like Peter, James, and John, he's just as present in my community group with uh, people named Mike and Mel and Doug and Penny. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And maybe you're thinking, wow, Jesus promises to be in a community group of two or three. That may be the problem with my community group. We need to get rid of a few people to get down to that two or three (laughs) mark. No, Jesus is not saying that a group has to be two or three. What Jesus is saying is that for him to be fully present, it can't be just one. That's what's represented with these chairs up here. That Jesus promises that he is present when his followers gather together in a small group in ways that he never will be present when I'm by myself. All alone this is the big reason why jesus wants me wants you in community jesus wants to transform you through his love and the chief way he does that is through his people Jesus wants to teach you how to love like him, and the way he does that is in a relationship with other people. Jesus wants you to change the world with his love, and the way he does it is by putting you in a small group where you can link arms with some other friends and go together to share his love with this needy world, which leads to one more observation, which is that Jesus is still changing the world through community groups. Jesus changed the world through a community group and Jesus is still doing it. Just like Jesus changed Peter, James, and John by meeting them in a group and then changing them with his love, today Jesus is still changing people with his love through Black Rock groups, people like Jack. Jack, uh, come up and uh, let's uh, hear a little bit about uh, your story. So Jack, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, I've worked uh, in the financial services industry for about 35 years. Our firm um, works uh, kind of analyzing and doing deep dive uh, risk and analytical work for hedge funds and mutual funds and uh, large asset managers.
0: I have no idea what you just said. (laughs)
1: you don't tell anybody, but a lot of times I don't either. So. <laughs> um, I, I've uh, lived in New Jersey for a long time. I uh, moved to Chicago and then back into Connecticut in 2001. Um, I've got three kids, and uh, as of April, uh, my first grandchild, which is great. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Max. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a good life. I have a house in upstate New York that I spend a lot of time at, still active and running and playing basketball and, and water skiing, so it's a great life.
0: All right, now give us a little of your spiritual background.
1: Sure, as I said, I uh, grew up in New Jersey. Um, I've been a Christ follower for 50 years. Um, always been involved in my adult life um, in committees, uh, teaching Bible studies. Uh, Here at BlackRock, I started coming in 2002. I've been on two building committees, and uh, currently I'm in the property and finance group.
0: Okay. I happen to know that you're also part of a community group. Uh, But uh, my question is, uh, when you heard about the community groups uh, here at BlackRock, what degree of excitement did you have about joining one of them? Um, It was probably similar to
1: the way Jonah felt when God said, you're going to Nineveh. <laughs> I, I immediately had a bunch of excuses that went through my mind. Um, you know, I work in New York City. I get an early train. Um, you know, at night, I wanna kinda relax. Mm-hmm. I already serve BlackRock, so why do I need to get another night involved? But probably the, the most compelling reason not to join a small group was the thought of crashing together um, a group of people from 80 years old to 30 years old and assuming that you were now gonna be vulnerable with this group. And that was the one that sent the shivers up my spine that said, absolutely not me. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of the belief. Um, that changed. Um, I can remember you know, kind of sermons that were preached here and, and written correspondence that said, look, if you're a member of BlackRock, you really should participate in one of these small groups. And my thought was, well, if they're pushing it, you know, they really kind of want the congregation to get behind it. Um, so I, I did join a, a group. Now, I say I joined it. I joined it and met some great people. BlackRock has tremendous people here. Um, but I kind of stayed on the periphery of the group. And, and it was, you know, the Bible study was phenomenal. You know, If we had a book study, that was great. Community service, that was all well and good. But when it got to that point about really opening up your life and sharing with people, you know, I kind of, you know, stepped back a little bit and said, no, everything's fine. And that was such a lie because there were things going on in my life, um, you know, that really I could have used prayer and support and I was just too stubborn to really kind of invest in the group, if you will. Um, And that all changed. Uh, I went through a divorce and that was a horrible time. And I remember talking with Steve and I said, you know, how do I handle this with the community group? And he said, well, the community groups are all about sharing life. So I would suggest you probably open up and tell them. And that was kind of the impetus to get me off the wall of being on the periphery. And um, I I really went to the group the next time and opened up. And boy, what what a... tremendous response mm-hmm. I mean the very thing I feared you know about being vulnerable this entire group just enveloped me in love and support and prayer for me and for my kids and it was it was just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and it it changed my perspective I mean it really did because I was in a way being selfish by not com- investing in the community group mm-hmm. more as an obligation attending but not really participating and that was wrong that was a, a wrong way to do it so if you're there today I would I would encourage you to take that step and break through that and and really get into a group and and start it off. Um, Everybody has things that are going on in their life, Um, although your group maybe sounds a little different. You call them losers, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Every community group has a Judas, apparently. I I just… It's a little harsh, and I'm sure they leave here today very encouraged by that. Everybody has things that are going on in their life and by withholding them, you know, not only do you allow the group to not help you through those things, but in turn, I now am participating in things that are going on in our group um, that it's a privilege to really be, come alongside some of these people and help them out. Um, so, uh, it goes both ways. And the very thing that I feared you know, being you know, uh, vulnerable, I found myself in the crosshairs you know, of a group that wanted nothing more than to come alongside and support me. And when you get to that level, um, it becomes not an acquaintance, it becomes a second family, basically, yes. is what, what turns out to be. And our group meets now in the off cycles, you know, where we'd get together and have dinners just to see how people are doing. So, it's a blessing, it really is a great
0: thing. So uh, what happens right after we close the worship service is we give everybody a chance to go out in the Welcome Center and check out the different life, community life options, but especially uh, the community group table will be there. And there are some people here, Jack, uh, who are uh, wondering if they should sacrifice the time and the convenience and actually get involved in a community group. And what would you say to them? Yeah. Yeah. BlackRock's a huge church. I mean there's no
1: way you can possibly meet a lot of people um, each Sunday when you come here. I think the community groups are a way that you really can get involved and, and meet people but it, it's also a resource. Um, when things go on in your life or in the lives of the members of your group um, there's there's that first level of defense there. That group now is a place where you can go safely and share what's taking place, yeah. ask for prayer, ask for support, whatever it is uh, that takes place so uh, you know, I would really say you, you gotta take a hard look at why you're saying no um, and, and give it a shot. You're, you're talking about a small commitment of time, maybe 10 hours or 20 hours over the next 10 weeks. Um, that's not a large commitment. And you always have a chance to kind of go back and get out of it if it doesn't work. But I think you'll find that once you kind of get involved in it, you're, you're gonna stay committed to it. And I think you know, back in Acts, where they talked about how the early church you know, met together, and fellowshiped, and prayed, and had meals together. I mean, that sounds an awful lot like a community group. So, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to make the investment of time.
0: And I don't understand your job, but it has something to do with investment, (laughs) so it sounds like you'd be an expert in that. Let's thank Jack for just sharing uh, with us. Thanks, Jack. And. I mentioned that uh, our community groups uh, are still being used by Jesus to change the world. Here's just uh, one story of a community group at Blackrock making a difference with Jesus' love. We know that our
2: purpose as a church is to help each other love God, love people, and serve our world. Community groups are a great place to live out that mission because they provide a space to gather with others, equip in our faith, and then mobilize to love and serve each other and our neighbors. Check out how one community group is mobilizing to make a difference in their neighborhood. Joining a community group for me was just another part of my spiritual nourishment is what I call it. So I come to church on Sunday, I hear, I'm i here on a Tuesday night in another small group then I have my community group. We
1: go over either a verse in the Bible uh, or part of something that's in the sermon.
2: We actually not just discuss the service on Sunday, but we also you know take the time for us to talk about our week, what's going on with us personally, connect with each other, and, and just grow.
1: We're here for each other, right? Um, God called us to be with one another. Um, so you know, we're not here to get ourselves boxed into a room. You know, our our jobs as Christians, the way we've always approached it, is to go out into the community and to be able to affect other people's lives in a positive way so that they can possibly see what's going on at this church
0: too.
2: Brittany shared with the community group that there was a need at the food closet at McKinley School here in Fairfield. They have a program that provides healthy, balanced weekend meals to sustain the kids who might otherwise go hungry. So when I brought that to the
1: community group, Everyone was really excited. They we decided as a community group we really wanted to do something to help particularly children and hunger was a big thing for us. So it fit really well.
2: Once she mentioned it everybody was all in. We were all excited to see how we could help and what she did was she went back to the school, spoke to them about what
0: they needed and then she gave us a list of the types of things that was needed and everybody brought some food. But then when we saw what everybody brought together it was it was like enough for so many backpacks for a couple of weekends. We wouldn't have had the
1: impact if we weren't together as a whole. Each of us is a piece of the puzzle and without each other, we couldn't have made that impact for them. There were quite a few people that were like, oh, that's that church over on Black Rock Turnpike. Oh, yeah, that's where you go. It drew a lot of interest, um, seeing that we have passion for the Lord and helping people and being his steward. and doing what we can do in small ways, that it's just
2: drawing people here. This is the backbone of BlackRock, serving others. It's something we're thinking about doing throughout our time together. We're always thinking about who else we can help, whether it's the McKinley School or somebody that one of us have met or just know about a specific need. It's always thinking who else can we be helping. Right now is the perfect time to begin your connection to a community group. There's no better way to grow in your love for God and for people than through sharing your life in a community group.
0: We wanna thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also know that you can give to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have these videos online and for us to impact our community.